Christina's story is amazing for so many reasons. She is a mother of two, a licensed mental health therapist, and the founder of an awesome site. Christina doesn't stop at just helping others and finding her own joys. Her journey to get to where she is now was a difficult one. She, however, was able to recognize her challenges with postpartum depression, speak up about it, and now she seeks to help others experiencing the same troubles. Hey mamas, I'm Lauren, and this is Live Your Warrior Mama Life, a show about parenting tips and tricks with a touch of inspiration. This is episode seven of Live Your Warrior Mama Life. Welcome to the Warrior Mama series. Today, we'll be talking to Christina and hearing about her postpartum journey. Postpartum depression and anxiety is a serious condition for many mamas. Many women feel ashamed or less than for having some of these emotions and thoughts. Christina not only found a way to help herself recover and heal, but she is also educating and helping others as a teletherapist and with the information she shares on her site. It gives me great pleasure and honor in introducing this warrior mama, Christina. Well, hi, Christina. It's so amazing to have you part of the Warrior Mama series. Um, welcome to Live Your Warrior Mama Life. Um, yeah, it's, it's so exciting to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me on, Lauren. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just jump into it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, um, and how old your children are? Certainly. Yeah. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm Christina Furnival, and I live with my husband, Tom, and our two kids in San Diego, California. My daughter just turned four uh, in, at the end of March and unfortunately had a quarantine birthday. Uh, my son will- Oh my God. I know. But you know what? It ended up being pretty <laughs> special. Like I feel like people have really adjusted yeah. to go above and beyond to make it not a bad birthday where it's almost even a better birthday yep. than it would have been. But so she, she's four and then our son is two. He'll be two and a half at the end of this month. So- one of the things that I really love about you is, you know, your journey and your experience to, you know, being able to be home um, with your kids, but also being able to fulfill something that you're really passionate about with your career as well. Can you tell us a little bit about like your journey to stay at home and then, you know, um, your ability to essentially be an entrepreneur while you're at home? Absolutely. Yeah. So I went to college and graduate school and got my license in professional counseling. So I am a licensed professional clinical counselor in California. And when I had my daughter, uh, the four-year-old, I made the choice with my husband to, for me to stay home. And there were, there were a lot of reasons behind that. One of it was financial. Childcare is so expensive. And the field that I'm in is not necessarily lucrative. Um, so I felt like I would be mm -hmm. working 40 hours a week to not spend time with my child and then hardly have any money to show for it afterwards. So that was a big factor was financial. Yeah. And then another one for me was more emotional. I have specialized in working with children and youth. And so helping children from other families work on their social and emotional health and feel good and learn how to be happy and learn how to focus on positives and how to um, go through the waves of depression and anxiety with other kids has been wonderful, but I felt since, especially since that's my career, 
that I would be hypocritical to then put my child in the care of somebody else and keep doing that for other people's children. Mm -hmm. Now I know everyone's circumstance is different and no judgment to whatever you have to do, stay home or not. But for us, it just made sense for me to stay home and put my skills to use with our own children. So I've been a stay at home mom now for about four years And um, I honestly thought I would be a lot better at it considering my background. (laughs) I was like, I am primed to be a stay-at-home mom. I always wanted to be a mom. I babysat since I was little. I work with children. And yet having your own child is just such a different ball game. And there's really no way to prepare for it. So um, my... But you know, you're always your toughest critic. Yes. So I'm sure you're doing... (laughs) such an amazing job and they're so lucky to have you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, But yeah, so I, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and I don't think it is for anyone. Maybe the the rare mom with the rare child, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's had its ups and downs. And Mm -hmm. I had, after my daughter experienced postpartum depression and anxiety. So I had to kind of fight through that um, to figure out that, Hey, I actually, even though maybe I'm not as great as I could be in every moment, I'm just human. I am learning really to Mm -hmm. love it and enjoy it and cherish the moments at home with the kiddos, even though I'm not working in the same way that I was before. What do you think for you is the toughest part about, um, you know, being at home with your kids and, you know, maybe what's different than what you expected it to be? I, I didn't know... I guess I didn't expect to have so much anxiety about everything, which is naive. You know, you, yeah. you're caring for a life and you're going to do everything mm-hmm. you can to keep that life safe. And I guess I just didn't realize how much that would be woven into every single decision that I made. And so I often feel quite overwhelmed or a little bit suffocated just by the realities of every choice that I'm making. Is it the right one? And maybe part of that's because I'm a therapist. I'm so hyper aware of what I'm doing and and yeah. judging it is this yeah. good is it, w- would this be evidence based is this the right move and then but that's tied into my own human emotions so i get maxed out easier than i thought i would my patience is way lower than i thought it would be i'm tired my 2 year old still wakes up five mm-hmm. times in the middle of the night you know so it's like all those factors I feel like for me can make it really hard but luckily my husband and i have a really good base and a great foundation so we're able he works from home and he has for the last seven years so we're like even before quarantine we've all been together for a long time and um his help is really crucial as well what do you think um for you um having you know this anxiety what do you find um for you to help you kind of relieve that anxiety that you have or is it something that you're always there you recognize you have and then you kind of just have to like pull yourself out of it a little bit of both I would say I think part of it is a bit of kind of just low-grade buzzing under everything anxiety and so with that I use different coping skills so deep breaths or singing or dance parties with the kids or things that just Mm -hmm. kind of help you relieve stress I really like cooking so I'm just aware of what tools Mm -hmm. help me as well as mm-hmm. I know so so much about what we can do to shape our kids or at what age or development we could really push for these things to help along. And I think I from the get-go, I've been holding myself really responsible for how they turn out and didn't weigh as much about their independent personalities and who they are and how they are. And so I've just had to like talk to myself and 
examine my own thoughts to kind of like release the reins a little bit and be like, you know what, if they're sure. doing something that is an inconvenience to me, it doesn't need to be a rule that they're breaking. You know, I, they don't need to make these perfectly well-rounded mm -hmm. adults out of a two and a four-year-old. I think I was holding them to higher sure. standards and really expecting a lot out of mm -hmm. them and my husband as well. So we've had to, especially in quarantine, you really have to choose your battles. So we've had to kind of tone it yep. down a bit and just let them be kids more and not try and make every moment a teachable moment. I think that's what I was hung up on at the beginning. I'm like, oh, this is a teachable moment. You know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It doesn't yep. have to be. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I, I can kind of see myself doing the same thing where, you know, you, I guess, have really high expectations or, um, you know, you want something to be a certain mm -hmm. way and it's just realizing that you can't control yes. everything. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes things just need to like unfold as they are. And then, you know, you, you, um, you know, whether it's discipline or learn or coach like after the mm -hmm. fact. Right. Well, and that's always a good point. Anyways, I'm glad you brought that up, Lauren, because when we're all in the heat of the moment, our brains are not functioning at max capacity, right? We're so emotional. We go into yeah. our like reptilian brain and we just cannot have organized mm -hmm. planned thought with ju good judgment. So for all of us, I need to control mm -hmm. myself. I need to let the kids calm down and we need to tackle big issues or real concerns when things are much more calm. We got into a little bit about, um, you know, what you do um, for work as a licensed therapist. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what your career is and how you manage that time, um, you know, doing your career and building your business while you're also obviously a mom to a four-year-old and a two-year-old? Yes. So before COVID, the kiddos were both in school two days a week at a little preschool nearby, and that was perfect time for mm -hmm. me to get a chance to write posts and to do all the work that's surrounding putting it on the website. I hadn't done therapy since I had my daughter. Um, but during quarantine, actually, mm -hmm. coincidentally, I had decided in December that I wanted to start doing online therapy that I wanted in the evenings once the kids were in bed to see some clients and kind of stretch that muscle again. And so I applied with a company mm -hmm. and their credentialing process takes several months. And I found, heard back from them in March that I had qualified and now could be a practitioner uh, for their company. And then That's of awesome. course, then COVID happened and school stopped. So now I'm having to kind of reshuffle and figure out how to make things work for the blog and for seeing clients. But as since the clients were already planned to be seen when the kids were asleep, that hasn't, luckily that hasn't mm -hmm. had to shift too much. So two days a week, I okay, see two great. clients and it's a low caseload by all means, like compared to what I was normally seeing um, when I worked for a hospital program, but it's what I feel like I can handle. And it helps me to feel like I'm being helpful right now, especially with everything that's going on. So luckily that doesn't take yeah, away definitely. too much from my like day to day or, or interfere with being mom. The blog a little bit, mm -hmm. that's more challenging for me because now that they're not at school, I can only either write in the evenings or recognize that if I'm choosing to do any work for the blog, that I'm taking my attention away from the kids, which that's then a balance of one, it's okay. They shouldn't have me devoted to them every single second of the day. Um, but two, right. I also then need to not feel 
irritated if they do want my attention. So it's kind of that, that tug right. of war of what's the right amount or what's not. Uh, my older daughter is pretty good at independent play, but my son likes to take the toys that she's playing with. So her, her independent play quickly becomes a screaming match or a hair pulling match. And um, so, of course. so yeah, blogging has taken a little bit of a backseat just with the way things are currently, but um, just, mm -hmm. yeah, just trying to balance it all. And in the moments that I can make a social media post or make a pin real quick and kind of, I guess, break it down into manageable tasks that aren't going to take me away from them too long, but it's all done in the living room course, with them yeah. clawing on me anyways. I mean, I think the big thing too, is to realize that there's no like right or wrong amount of time that you're dedicating to anything or mm -hmm. anyone. It's, you know, how you feel in the moment and, um, you know, your, your ability to prioritize, you know, what's important for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like as moms, right there, we always feel guilty about something, whether let's say we're <laughs> stay at home moms with our own small business or we're working a full career, right? Mm -hmm. It's how do we, you know, how, how can we do everything? And the answer is like, we can't, like, it's not possible for us to be and do everything. So, whatever you yeah. feel like you need to do in your moment is, and I, I, this is what I tell myself constantly as well. Um, so I think you're doing amazing. The fact that, you know, you, um, you've your, your profession, what you went to college for, you're still practicing that you're helping others with that, but you found a way to combine, you know, something that you're passionate about as well, which is writing into this larger business for yourself. And you're still prioritizing your family. I don't think many people have the ability to do everything that you've accomplished in such a short period of time. Oh my goodness. You're so sweet, but thank you. I will take it and I will hold on to that. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. It's so awesome. Um, so what was your, you know, drive and passion uh, for becoming a mental health therapist? So actually my mom is a licensed marriage and family therapist, but Ironically, because she is, I never considered it as something for myself. I mm -hmm. put that into a box as that's what my mom does. And my dad does this and my brothers mm -hmm. do this and I'm going to do my own thing. And um, I went to college and studied pre-med because I always thought ever since I was young that I would be a doctor. And when mm -hmm. I was in the pre-med classes, on the one hand, I did terribly. And on the other hand, mm -hmm. I just realized I was able to do some soul searching and you kind of look at, well, why am I doing so terribly? And what is this telling me? And um, figuring as yeah. well the life course and the life path of becoming a doctor, uh, it just stopped. It didn't align anymore with what I was wanting for myself. And so I knew I still wanted to help people, but I wasn't sure how. And so after college, I actually came back home to California for a year and um, talked to my mom a whole bunch trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And she reminded me that I'm a lot like her and that a lot of my friends come to me for help and that I'm really good at listening and helping people feel better. And it was kind of like an aha moment of, oh yeah, I, I just cause she does it doesn't mean I, I can't do that too. And so I yeah, um, yeah. decided to move back to Nashville and pursue graduate school. And I just found myself loving the courses and being really interested. And so I knew that it was the right choice and finished graduate school, came back to California so that I, that way I could get licensed in this state because I knew ultimately I wanted to be set up here. And I just love it. it. I love the problem solving aspect. I love the relationship building, the connections, and it 
you know, you're on the feel good side of someone's struggle. So you're helping them get better. And and that feels really good. So let's talk about a little bit of um, some of the harder stuff. So, you know, you shared um, a really powerful story about, you know, your pregnancies and um, the surprising, I guess, feeling for you to realize that something was a little bit Mm -hmm. off um, after you had your kids. So can you talk about, you know, the realization that you um, had some depression and anxiety and, you know, what was that experience for you recognizing that, you know, something just wasn't right? Yes. So after I had my daughter, I immediately felt wrong. Like almost even in the hospital, I'd say I didn't feel you hear about this overwhelming love and this just rush of emotions and you've never known a love like you have with your child. And I didn't feel that. And so that was Mm -hmm. noted, you know, but I also knew that that could happen. Sometimes it takes people a little longer to feel that attachment. So I just kind of gave myself a little grace period to, I had heard of obviously the baby blues before. So I'm like, okay, give myself two weeks. I will feel better. And so I just rode Mm -hmm. the wave for those first two weeks um, and then obviously entered new parenthood where you don't sleep and uh, you hardly eat. And (laughs) so that that wasn't good. So I think that compounded everything. But after two weeks, I still just didn't feel good. And I thought, okay, my hormones were all out of whack once I gave birth because the placenta goes with it and that's Mm -hmm. your hormone regulator during your pregnancy. So I'll wait till six weeks when Mm -hmm. my ovaries should kick back in, producing the right hormones and then I'll feel better. And so I waited for six weeks and at six weeks, I didn't feel better. Uh, But it's Mm -hmm. the hard part with depression and anxiety is in the symptoms themselves. Some of the symptoms are brain fog, inability to think or concentrate, low motivation to do things. So the inherent way that I felt kept me from really examining how I was feeling. I knew I didn't feel good Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel right, but I didn't have the energy to put more thought into it than that. So I'm like, okay, I just still don't feel good. I must just be really tired. I'm a new mom. I'm just really, really tired, you know? And it took, it wasn't until about six months after my daughter was born that I started to feel better. And then it was in hindsight that I was able to see how deep into the darkness that I really was along the way. And, you know, once I had some clarity, then I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. I was a lot more depressed than I thought I was. Family notice anything? Did they bring anything up to you? I think it's hard because everybody's so well-meaning and motherhood is so hard that I don't think they even knew exactly. And I don't think I articulated because of the state that I was in. I told them, I, you know, my phrasing was, this is a nightmare. Um, I wish it was, I said this, I wish to my, to my husband, Tom, I said, I wish it was just the two of us again. I wish we didn't have a kid. Um, I said that I don't feel like myself. I'm, I don't have energy to do things. I don't want to see anybody. I wanted to isolate, you know, so I was saying Mm -hmm. a lot of things that in hindsight, you can look back and be like, whoa, well, of course it sounds like depression, but during it, a lot of new moms feel that way. They don't have depression. And so I think friends and family were like, yeah, it's just really hard. You'll get through it, you know, which there there is truth to that. Um, But I think it would have been helpful for someone to be like, you know what, you're having a harder time than you should be having. And let's, let's take care of that. Um, And then even like at the, you know, at your postpartum checkup at six weeks, they have a survey for you. 
But I, I also mm-hmm. know about those surveys. And I, I think I didn't want to come off as depressed. I'm sure I skewed it in my answers to seem like I was doing right. better than I, than I really was. You know, if you're, if somebody that's experiencing these emotions, you know, what's the best way to seek help and to be able to pull yourself out of it, right? Because mm-hmm. for you, it took six months. And, you know, that's, that's horrible that you, you know, had to kind of go through that process for six months pretty much alone, right? Because nobody knew what you were feeling. Right. Yeah. And even with my husband being here and being super supportive, he's not living my experience. And even my mom and I are very close, but Mm -hmm. she wasn't living my experience. They both were super helpful. And my mom would come over to, so our daughter was one of those kiddos that kind of couldn't be put down. And so if she napped, she had a nap on you, which meant that you weren't really napping. So I just wasn't sleeping. Mm -hmm. So my mom would come over and hold her so that I could go in my bedroom, lay down on the bed and take a nap. But that's then when my anxiety Mm -hmm. would kick in and I couldn't stop my thoughts. So I wouldn't nap. I would just lay Mm -hmm. in bed with my eyes shut, wishing I could fall asleep. And yeah, so it's those, those experiences are really, really tough. And what I say now is that motherhood should be life-changing but it should not be earth shattering. And I felt like my world had been turned upside down. And so I guess for anyone listening, that's what I would tell you is if you feel wrong, if you don't feel right, or if you just feel down and you can't necessarily put the words into it, tell someone, tell your doctor, most likely let them know. Or if you're telling your spouse, Tell them that I listened to a podcast and the lady that was speaking said she had depression and anxiety. And I'm thinking I might too. And I need your help getting me mm-hmm. help. Um, yeah. I, I just didn't push further. I didn't want to need help. But the reality was that I did. And ultimately, I did see a therapist and that was super helpful. After six months for you, um, is that when you saw a therapist? And then did things turn around for you? Um, like what was the the journey to getting to a, a you know, a good place for me, it was several things. So I actually, um, cringe worthy, worthily <laughs> didn't see a therapist <laughs> until I was pregnant with my son. Um, okay. the six months was kind of a marker. That's around the time we stopped nursing. My nursing relationship never worked out. I never made enough milk. And that mm-hmm. that's actually, if you have a friend or family member, or if you yourself have had a new baby and if sleep and feeding are not going well, those are two big indicators that you might experience depression or anxiety. Because though, as a new, new mom, your job is basic needs, right? And if two basic Mm -hmm. needs are a challenge, then it's very likely you're going to be really, really hard on yourself and trying to make sense of it Mm -hmm. in a way that could lead to depression or anxiety. But so for me, Mm -hmm. the sleep wasn't going well. Yeah. The, so the sleep wasn't going well and then nursing just never went well. And so from the beginning we had to supplement, um, which and that actually was the saving grace was adding supplementing when I was trying to make nursing work. That was, that was terrible. Um, but once we added mm-hmm. supplementation in and I could let, take some of that pressure off myself, that really helped. And then at six months, my milk dried up completely. So we went fully to formula and that was really, really mm-hmm. good. Cause then it wasn't just on me. And I think that was a big part too, was mm-hmm. I felt overwhelmingly depended on, which of course you're the new mom, but I think it was just too much for me. Some people handle it much more gracefully. I wanted more of a 50, 50 split with my husband and realized early on that just wasn't as possible with a newborn baby. 
But so at around six months, we went to full formula. And I think as well, you know, at that age, they're sitting, they might be starting to crawl. They're really starting to develop a personality. I feel like I started to learn her more and she started to learn me more. And so a big part of me feeling better was time. Um, And then, like Mm -hmm. I said, once I did get pregnant with my son, we actually got, we conceived him on my daughter's first birthday. Um, Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) We're looking back at the calendar. We're like, oh yeah, that's when that was. Um, (laughs) But when I was pregnant with him, then I became very afraid of feeling that way again. So that's when I sought therapy Mm -hmm. and she was really helpful to help me make a really good postpartum plan so that I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. hopefully wouldn't go through that again. Thank you so much for sharing that story. No, um, it's, you know, probably difficult to think about being in those moments again, but I think it's so important for people to know that it's okay to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for you to outline like some of the reasons why it would happen, which could be like lack of sleep um, or, you know, not having good sleep with your baby and nursing, that makes so much sense, right? Because, you know, you as a woman, right, you have so much pressure on yourself to do so many things as a new mom and, you know, not everything works out perfectly mm-hmm. and that's okay too, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I I love that, um, you know, you, you shared that and then also gave a little bit of, you know, some aha moments for anybody that might be feeling those things as well. Yeah, and I would say one of my key takeaways from that and the decision that we made going forward with my son, who coincidentally nursing worked out fine with, was that if, yeah. if nursing wasn't going well, that I wasn't going to beat up myself over it this time. Yeah. And just, I know mm-hmm. that fed is best. And I know obviously breast milk is what is made out of your body for the baby. So technically, yes, that is best, but mom's mental health really is best. And so if that means formula, your baby will be just fine and you will be better because of it. For you, um, you know, you, have you uh, with your son, Um, and the postpartum plan that you put in place, has that helped you to have a better experience when he was born? Yes. So with the plan that I made with the therapist was to have support for those first six weeks, because those really are the toughest. Mm -hmm. Those are the most transition you're going to go through and the baby changes day to day and you're the potentially most sleep deprived you'll be. And so the plan was, so with my daughter, my husband took two weeks off of work and then my mom coincidentally was on her, she's a school counselor. So she was on her spring break from school. And so then she was able to come over and help during the day. But with my son, we modified that a little bit to where, so he was born at Christmas time and my mom again was on a break. So that worked out really well. Mm -hmm. She actually came and stayed with us for two weeks, slept in the bed with me. And when I was done nursing him, she would do whatever he needed, rocking, holding, what have you. So I could immediately go back to sleep and she would help with the stuff that took longer, changing his diaper, you know, whatever else is involved in those early days. And so my husband slept in his office um, in our Mm -hmm. house and he Mm -hmm. got a good two nights sleep as two weeks sleep as well. So he was able Mm -hmm. to not go through it's hard when you both are going through sleep deprivation and then you kind of can't support each other how you'd want to. So he Mm -hmm. had good sleep. I was having better sleep than I would have otherwise. And then once those two weeks were done, then he took two weeks off of work 
And then when that finished, my in-laws, his parents flew in from England and stayed with us for two weeks to help. So, so basically I had support those first six weeks and that That's really, amazing. really made a difference. So strong. You're able to recognize like those feelings that are just so hard to pinpoint. Um, you stepped up your second time. You recognize that you put an awesome plan in place mm-hmm. and, um, and now you know how to, I guess, b- better recognize those emotions yeah. and kind of remove yourself from the situation. So, and analyze it. And then, you know, once those emotions are kind of settled, then you can take action and take the best next steps from there. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Okay. So again, thank you so much for sharing that journey and for giving, um, you know, other women some pointers to recognize those emotions. Um, I'd like to take a little bit of a shift. I know we're coming up on some of the time, but can you talk about like how those experiences has, has helped shape motherhood for you? Um, and then, you know, maybe how you've envisioned mother- motherhood, how it's maybe a little bit different than you would have imagined from the beginning. Absolutely. So it's definitely shaped my experiences with my kiddos, especially when they're young and especially with my daughter really did shape motherhood. You know, initially, obviously things didn't start off on the right foot, but the beauty of any challenge that you go through is that there's Mm -hmm. always a positive takeaway. There's some sort of silver lining Mm -hmm. or something good comes from it. I would have never started a blog if I didn't stay home with my kids. And if I hadn't gone through postpartum depression, anxiety, I wouldn't have wanted to focus a lot of my posts on that. I feel like I've really connected with moms around the Mm -hmm. world because of starting Real Life Mama. And I wouldn't have had that sort of international community and camaraderie um, had I not gone through what I went through. I also feel like because I'm a very open person and because I am okay with sharing my story, that I'm able to put words, hopefully, in the mouths of moms who don't know what to say or don't know how to describe what they're feeling and hopefully inspire someone who does need help to reach out and get it. So I feel like in that way, everything I went through has come out and turned out very well for me and for others, hopefully. I learned how strong I am and how capable I am. I learned that motherhood is hard and challenging and beautiful and amazing and wonderful and unique and bizarre and weird and funny and incredible. You know, it's it's like there's nothing yeah. like it. You can, you just can't even yeah. describe it in a single word. Motherhood doesn't you know capture really all the feelings and sentiments that go into it. Yeah. But um, I I adore my kids. I would do anything for them. I also learned that even though I didn't have the bond with my daughter in the beginning, that that didn't mean anything to us being able to bond now. She's my little mini me. Um, she's not a big snuggler, but she loves to snuggle me, and we just have a spe- we just have a special connection. That's and, awesome. You know, so anyone that is feeling like, oh, will I ever be able to build that? You know, have I ruined things for their life as a mother-child relationship? Not at all. I would say attachment can always be built upon. So that's um, that's been a really good thing as well. Yeah. One last question for you. Um, what is your favorite thing about motherhood? Oh, my favorite thing so much. Um, and I think actually quarantine has even highlighted this even more, but just 
being able to watch the kids who start out as little blobs turn into these articulate, free-thinking, courageous, strong little kiddos that are funny and that love and are kind and just get to see them turn into who they're going to be and get to see the way their brain ticks and hear them come out with the most random things that they say, but just... It, I'm just constantly in awe of them. And even when I'm mad, like, <laughs> just a side note story. My children the other morning were yeah. in their room. So they share a room. And my husband and I were in bed. It was about 6.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And there's a knock on the front door. And it was my children. They had opened their window, crawled, <laughs> like, found a hole in their screen that they ripped open, crawled out their front window, ran through the front yard, and came to the front door and knocked on it. And... my husband and I were frightened and livid and all the things but at the same time once we had a moment to think about it we just found it hilarious that they would collaborate in such a way (laughs) to do that and you know so like even in those kind of challenging moments we're just still like wow like that was they worked together that was really good teamwork and like they coordinated it and you know so even when kids are wild you know I feel like you can always look back on those hard moments and laugh there's always something kind of funny in them as well something about quarantine that has made me really try and be more intentional in my time with them so like I said I've slowed down on my blog posts because I was recognizing that that was frustrating me if they wanted my attention when I was trying to do that so I've really tried to just get on the floor and play with Mm -hmm. them I feel like their relationship has blossomed Cause they're, you know, they're not at preschool two days or they're not doing their own activities. They're like stuck at home and they have to figure out how to work out as friends together. So yeah, just, just loving it. It's, it's all working out for us. What I love about your story is you've been able to do so much. You're passionate about so much. You're helping others. Um, but you're able to prioritize what truly matters to you, which is your family. And you've definitely um, encountered some challenges, but you've not only overcome them, but you have such a strong and positive mindset and outlook on what your experiences are. So it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful journey. And I really, really appreciate it. You sharing with us, sharing it with us. Thank you so much. Well, thank you as well, Lauren, for having me on here and giving me a platform to share my story so that hopefully other mamas can be helped out. How can any of our listeners find you? What's, what's the, um, what's your blog? Um, you know, if people want to reach out, if they need help as well, how can people contact you? My blog is this is reallifemama.com. And you can also find me on Facebook. I've got a page which you can follow and it's facebook.com slash real life mama podcast, which is where the confusion came from earlier about me having a podcast. I don't, I just can't change the name. Uh, And then on Instagram, (laughs) on Instagram, you can find me at instagram.com slash this is real life mama. So all of them have some sort of real life mama in the title. And then if you ever just wanted to reach out or chat, sometimes I get messages through my Facebook or my, you know, DMs and Instagram or sometimes people just shoot, shoot me personal mm-hmm. emails. My email is thisisreallifemama at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Lauren, for having me on here for Warrior Mamas. I really appreciate being in your series. And I love the work that you're doing and so much appreciate getting to be on your podcast as well.
What I love most about Christina is she was quick to identify that something was not right and to immediately work to overcome her depression and anxiety. So many women go on with their days feeling off and thinking that this is normal or not wanting to speak up about their true emotions. The most admirable and courageous thing we can do is speak up when we have feelings we can't identify. If we are able to talk to someone and express ourselves, this is the first step to getting ourselves back to normal. Our feelings and emotions are always valid, no matter what. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Christina able to identify these feelings in herself and heal, but she found a way to help others heal with her knowledge and expertise. I love that she found a way to use her education to help others. It's absolutely amazing when other mamas find a way to stay home with their little ones, but also excel at something they are so passionate about. Christina is helping so many women doing something she loves, and most importantly, spending her most valuable time with her children and family. Christina inspires me to truly recognize my emotions, to be passionate about life, and to prioritize what truly matters, our families. Thank you, Christina, for sharing your journey with us.